It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Locked On. Locked Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Uh, not much. We are uh, kind of just in holding pattern, waiting for the next huge Cowboys free agent signing. Huh. Uh, you know, or really any Cowboys free agent signing. But, you know, despite all of the, uh, the, the news surrounding free agency, we still have a draft coming up pretty soon. Sure. Sure. Uh, and we've got some, some guys that have tested at their pro days that I think the Cowboys could potentially be interested in in the second round. So, Landon, we spent a lot of yesterday's show talking about Patrick Sertan, the talented cornerback from Alabama. And I think there's this thought now in the draft community that there's a chance that he's not available for the Cowboys at number 10. And if that's the case... The Cowboys might wait to the second round to draft their next cornerback. Uh, and Landon, we're going to talk about four guys that are very intriguing today. And let's start with Greg Newsom, who is probably the high, highest rated of the four corners we're going to talk about today. Uh, he's a very interesting kid out of Northwestern. Uh, not super big or long, uh, but did test in the 96th percentile. What did you see from Greg Newsom when you saw him on tape? Uh, you know, just a, a very versatile young quarterback. He's uh, very slight. He's like a beanpole. He's very mm-hmm. leggy with long arms, uh, uh, very thin, uh, has great click and close, uh, very easy and off man coverage, has the feet to succeed and press as well. He has a great pedal. He attacks the ball well at the point of attack. He uses his length in the air well. He is He can be overpowered because he is a little bit smaller than some of these other corners, but uh, he does a good, do a good job of tracking the football and using his length. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a very versatile coverage player, maybe maybe one of the most versatile coverage players in this draft out of probably Sertan. Uh, his yep. pedals and his side saddles are both very clean, and, and really he doesn't look more comfortable in one than the other. I can easily sit, see him fitting in most schemes. Uh, comfortable on either side. They clearly played him wherever they needed at Northwestern. He was obviously their best player on defense. Uh, he has the hips to mirror his opponent and then uses length to deny the wide receiver the ball. He's a solid tackler. Uh, J.C. Horn is a guy that gets mentioned a lot uh, that people worry about his penalties. Mm-hmm. I have worries about Newsom just as much there. I think he, gets, yeah. he can really get very grabby at times. I think J.C. Horn may even be a little bit better at 
hiding his holds, you know, uh, a little bit better about uh, I mean, he, not after the snap, because after the snap, JC's always looking at the refs to see if uh, there's a penalty. Yep. But uh, I think he is a little bit better in snap of hiding a little bit. Lack of size kind of shows up in the line of scrimmage and press sometimes. Uh, just a couple of notes from Sports uh, Info Solutions. He was their number one cornerback in this draft in total points per game last year uh, by quite a large margin, actually. Uh, he was number two in EPA per target. He was at negative point six nine epa every time he got targeted uh and uh number one cornerback in deserved catch rate they do a, a metric called deserved catch rate which basically uh measures the amount of targets that were thrown that cornerback's way that should have been caught that did get caught and that they right. include drops there and, and he was at 43 percent, which is an incredibly low number for the, uh, the amount of targets he had there and he, and he also led all draftable cornerbacks in uh, pass breakups per game at 1.4 all these are a little bit messed up because of the odd year uh, that, that we had sure, with covid sure. but obviously he is a uh, uh, an analytics darling to say the least uh, where does he win I think he's a scheme agnostic coverage corner and, and some unanswered questions. If he adds some strength, will that allow a better press at the line of scrimmage and, and therefore less penalties? That's Because that's really my main concern is he does seem to get a little bit penalty heavy at times because he is a little bit under strength. Yeah, so I'm just going to be very upfront with you. This is my favorite corner that we're going to talk about out of these four. I'm not trying to ruin this at all, but I think this is, for the most part, this is the guy that's ranked the highest. Um, yeah. The penalties are a problem. My concern, though, Landon, like one of my only knocks on him is, is he big enough to play in Dan Quinn's scheme? Because, well, first of all, we know Will McClay loves long corners, and unfortunately, his length is just a little bit less yeah. than ideal. He has 31-inch arms. Uh, the Cowboys typically like their outside cornerbacks to be 32 and a half or longer. Uh, they want their outside cornerbacks to be 200 pounds or heavier. He weighed in at 192 at his pro day. So a little on the smaller side. Now, the athleticism certainly makes up for it, in my eyes at least. Yeah. But will it for uh, McClay and Dan Quinn? That's where I don't know. I, I love his ability to drive on the football. And that's why I really think like maybe like an off scheme or in a yeah. cover two scheme where he can just jump routes. I think he's f- fantastic in a cover three scheme. I, I, I don't doubt that he can do it. I'm just not sure that's his best fit in the NFL. I think that's it, right? Like he, he, you know, and it's not just his arm length. He has really small wing wingspan, which can, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes if arm length isn't going to get you wingspan, you know, they, they'll say, okay, well, you measured it slightly different, and he does have long arms. Both of those were incredibly small. I, I think he can do both, you know, well. Uh, but I definitely agree that you're getting the most out of this player, likely if you are. Uh, putting him in a scheme where he plays a little bit of both, but mostly in off man. I think his click and close is rare. Uh, I think the thing that is rare about him as a player is that you don't find very many guys who uh, have technique in off coverage that also are, you know, pretty adept at, 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 at press man. It's his issues Mm -hmm. are not his technique at press man. It's his size. So uh, yeah, I agree. I think, Newsom is definitely a step above the rest of these guys simply because I think more teams are going to desire him uh, and yeah. more teams are yeah. going to say that he's a fit for their system. I think some of these other guys you, you could say maybe are better specific scheme fits, whereas Newsom, like I said, scheme agnostic. I think he's going to be on every single team's draft board that needs a cornerback and, and he'll be considered when you know somewhere in the middle to late middle of the first round. 
It, it feels like he's probably, yeah, like it's starting at like 24, 25, and he's probably gone by pick 35 at the, the very Maybe. latest, right? That's that's his range. So uh, I, I do agree, fantastic player. I just don't know how likely it is that he gets to the Cowboys at yeah. 44. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's talk about Eric Stokes, a cornerback from Georgia who made some noise uh, during the the pre-draft cycle with an incredible 40. I saw some 4-2-6 numbers. (laughs) I saw an official 4-3 number. I don't really care. He's fast. He's fast. Uh, yeah. But I have a feeling, Lane, and we're going to differ a little bit on the player here. So I will allow you to go first. Tell me about Eric Stokes. Well, I think that Stokes is, is a great fit for what the Cowboys do specifically. I don't know. He's going to be for everybody. Uh, long-limbed, long-legged uh, athlete with thin legs. He definitely has some room to grow in his lower body. Uh, he looks incredibly comfy as a cover one, cover three boundary corner. I mean, he just he looks comfortable with his back to the sideline. He's he's comfortable playing in phase with, quarter, with wide receivers. He has a mm-hmm. great side saddle. Uh, he stops and starts well with, with uh, wide receivers. There are times when he can get a, a, a bit over his feet. And off balance at times, yes, uh, but he ha- yep. but he has really good agility to stick with receivers and, and, through double moves when he's side saddling. Uh, his length and agility will make him very sticky in coverage. Uh, he does seem to play exclusively uh, in the silo, kind of you know in, in those kind of cover one, cover three vertical concepts where they're getting up the field. Yep. He's not doing a ton of chasing across the field. Uh, he does have incredibly patient feet at the line of scrimmage. In press bail, he waits until he waits to turn his hips until he absolutely needs to. Uh, he has he has good click and close when he sees it in off man, uh, but he's definitely more comfortable in press coverage. Uh, can can be a bit grabby at the top of routes, but I think that that's you, something you see with all these guys. That's why we've already talked about it with J.C. Horn, and we've already talked about it with Newsom. Is that you know a lot of learning how to be an NFL cornerback is learning how to hi- it's just like being an NFL offensive lineman it's mm-hmm. learning how to hide your holding and your and your tripping and that sort of thing um, he can get caught flat-footed at times while processing his assignments which I do think is why he's probably better in uh, a cover one cover three maybe a match system um, so some some notes from sports uh, info solutions he was the top 10 in p- total points per game he was number three in EPA per target just under just behind Newsom at 0.062 negative 0.062 per target uh, top 10 in, in man coverage snaps 
per yard yard per snaps at 4.7 but at zone he was top five he, he only allowed 2.9 yards per snap in zone coverage that's very very good uh and he was uh 10th i think overall in, in deserved cat, catch rate cat, deserved catch rate which is that metric sure, i mentioned before sure. where does he win he's a press man corner there's no way around it he's he's, he's good at it he's got the athleticism it's, it's kind of a rare uh, uh how how much he actually played it uh, in in college, he, it, it, you know Georgia plays it a lot more than a lot of uh, college teams do. Unanswered questions are clearly: Is he limited to only a cover one, cover three system? Is, is he going to be useful for these teams that are not playing? Uh, uh, situations where their court, their cornerbacks are existing in a silo. I, I don't know that he is. I think he's probably at his best. Uh, he's not as versatile as Newsom. I think he is much no, more no, no. a clean C one, C three cover corner. Um, and I think that's a team will that play, employs that system like the Cowboys will find good use for him. So the thing with Stokes is we know he's very athletic. He does hit a lot of the, the thresholds the Cowboys want, 32 and 3 fourth inch arms, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, when he sees things happen in front of him, he's very good. In this last year for Georgia, he had four interceptions. Most all of them were coming when he was driving on the football the one knock that I have against him, Landon, is when the ball is in the air deep, he panics a little bit. And it's a little it's not all that dissimilar from what happened with uh, Chidabe Awuzier. When the ball is in the air 15, 20 yards down the field, he starts to play the receiver and not the ball. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of penalties as he's not turned around looking for the ball. It's going to lead to a, a lot of you know chances where he maybe should have interceptions uh, and he doesn't. That's my concern. To me, it's still he, – he's not a track athlete playing football. Like there, It's not that bad, but you can tell it's still not the most natural thing for him at his pro day even. You could see that he was fighting the ball a little bit, and it wasn't all that natural to him. I, I just think like where the Cowboys are drafting in the second round, forty-four seems a little rich, but there's just no way that he gets to them at seventy-five. I think he kind of falls into that, you know, the range between those two picks. And honestly, I'm I'm okay with that because I think this is somebody who is going to need some time to develop, uh, and could be it could be pretty rough for him early in his career. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think I think Chidobe is a good comparison because I do think he you know, he can he's there. It's just about learning to play the ball Finishing. a little bit better. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I like him a little bit more than you do, but I I don't disagree with your with your uh, with your assessment of of his negatives. All right, so let's talk about Tyson Campbell, the other cornerback at Georgia, and <laughs> did not test as well as Eric Stokes. Did test very very well. Uh, had a little bit shorter arms than we anticipated, but. Uh, a smooth, smooth athlete. What did you see from Tyson Campbell when you put on the film? Well, he, he's really tall and thin, and I and I did definitely think that he was going to be uh, a little bit longer than he actually turned out to be because he just mm-hmm. it's, he looks that way just on the field. But I think a lot of that is a function of just how beanpole thin he is. You know, six one one ninety three. Yeah, he's skinny. He, he, he has this stance where it looks like he's bowing to his sensei every time he lines <laughs> up. Have you seen that? Yes, uh, yes. He keeps he keeps his hands near his face, uh, which you know is a common technique, but it's just funny because like he's very mm-hmm. it's very pronounced with him. 
Um, he wants to get his hands on you very quickly. Sometimes he will get greedy and reaching for some of these smaller, speedier types. I think he gets nervous when he has to face guys that have uh, clearly more speed than he does. And obviously, he immediately, it's, it's like a pass rusher, right? When you see, yes. when you see an offensive tackle who uh, is facing a, a speed rusher and he's more of a big, bulky guy, they panic and want to get their hands on you quickly. And what ends up happening is that they overreach, they get over their feet, and then the swim move around them gets gets gets, gets the passers to the quarterback. Same thing with the wide receiver and a cornerback in this situation. He's trying too hard to get his hands on these smaller receivers at times. And sometimes it works. Sometimes, you know, he gets the hands off and he eliminates them. But the times that he does it, he leaves these guys wide open to get free releases uh, up the field. And that's obviously uh, not great. Uh, he, he does... Uh, play some in the slot I, I definitely would not say that he should be making a living there it's not it doesn't no, look very no. comfortable for him uh, he engages with blockers well uh, has good lean he, he, he's good on on the outside when they uh, want to throw screens and, and he and he could sort through the trash and get through that uh, he's a good mover for his size he's he, like Stokes he's comfy in, in that kind of cover three cover one look where he's playing in a silo Needs to get. I mean, again, lot, a lot like Stokes needs to get his head around and locate the ball better downfield. You know, yes. needs to needs yep. to find the football a little bit better once it becomes the point of attack, ball attack. Uh, he's not excited about run defense. Uh, let's just say that he's not. It's <laughs> a not, very kind way to say. He's it, not yes. enthusiastic about it. Uh, definitely seems more aware in zone coverage than uh, than in man coverage. And I think a team that plays a lot of cover three will cover uh, him more than others, similar to Stokes, but except maybe even more pronounced. Uh, where does he win? Yeah. Zone coverage with some press, uh, unanswered questions. How we handle being left alone on speedy, smooth NFL receivers have called upon to do so, which he will be called upon to do so. I'm not exactly sure how well that's going to hold up. I uh, just I I think he is a lesser than Eric Stokes to be honest. I I, I don't I, I don't think he's as good as Stokes. I, I think I think there was a lot of preseason and, and and post in season excitement about Campbell because of perceived height and weight and length and everything. I think ultimately it shook shook out that Stokes is the better player and, and the better athlete to be honest. Um, I strongly disagree with that, to be wow. honest. So we are going to have a little bit of a fight here. I think Campbell is twice the player uh, of Eric Stokes. I Whoa. think, especially in a cover three scheme, I just think the, the, the combination of height, weight, speed, and then he's got pretty flexible hips. Like, he can really turn and run. Uh, the comp that I wrote down for him, Landon, is William Jackson, uh, who used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, now got signed by the Washington football team. I think you put him in a cover three scheme and you ask him just to, to run and to be athletic and be smooth. I, I love it. I, I, I agree with you. He's not the, mo he's not the most aggressive tackler. Uh, it's something that he's just not interested in right now. And I do think speedy guys could give him a problem. We saw him give up, what was it, a 90-yard touchdown to Jalen Waddle when they yeah. played Alabama. Uh, but when he's going to be matched up against these bigger receivers, that's where I think he's He's going to do very, very well. I'm thinking about inside the division lane, and right, if he's going up against a Kenny Galladay, I feel fantastic about that matchup because he does have the size and the speed to match a player like that down the field. And I, I, I he didn't have the interceptions that Eric Stokes had, but I feel like he plays the ball better. I think he's just way more comfortable when it's in the air. So this is a guy for me, if he's there at 44 and the Cowboys don't draft a corner, 
I'm excited about. I know other people are hoping he falls much later in the draft, but I don't think this type of corner lasts very long. So I am a Tyson Campbell fan over Eric Stokes. Your thoughts? Oof. I mean, I, I, I can understand that there being – I can understand enjoying Tyson Campbell over Stokes because it's, it's flavors of ice cream. Sure. I can't I can't understand and then I can also understand not thinking that either of them are worth the 44 pick. I can also understand Stokes being worth the 44 pick and Campbell not being worth the 44th pick. I can't understand All right, uh, that's Campbell fine. being the 44th. Let's pick. we'll have a little we'll have a little friendly wager on this one. Who ends up right. becoming a better corner in their career? I just think I've seen this type of guy be very successful in the NFL and he, he could certainly he could certainly bust because of the tackling yeah. and maybe he's just not physical enough. But man, for a guy that that's that's that smooth, I just have a hard time ignoring. Yeah, and, and, and to be clear, I don't want to take that bet on who's going to be a better player <laughs> because both of these guys are definitely going to be their careers are definitely going to be hinged on where they land, one hundred percent, and what yes. what schemes they're in. So I'm not I'm not trying to gamble on you know NFL decision makers making the right decision in their draft draft rooms. That's true. That's true. I just for the Cowboys, I think I'll ask you. For the Cowboys, who is the better fit? I think they're 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 probably equal fits. I think okay. I, I think Campbell. I think Stokes is a little bit better of a man cover corner, uh, and I think Campbell. I I can see just because I do see Stokes at times uh, get flat footed uh, in zone a little bit more, even though his he obviously succeeds a lot there. Clearly, mm-hmm. uh, I, I I could see Campbell as a better zone player. So. You know, I think that I think it's probably they're very close. I I, I, I have them very close. What a cop out! What yep, it's there so you go. ridiculous. That's all right. I think it's Stokes. Uh, let, all right, I think it's Stokes. I think Stokes <laughs> is a better player. Stokes, Stokes is a better fit. There okay. You go. All right. Just want to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, let's talk about one more corner. Uh, I want to make sure I get the first name. Is it Efedu? Efedu Melifonwu? I think it's Efedu, yeah. Efedu Melifonwu yeah. from uh, Syracuse. Uh, he is actually Obi Melifonwu's brother who the Cowboys brought in, I believe it was two years ago, was a second-round pick by the Raiders. Uh, as you would expect, a very, very long athletic cornerback at his pro day uh, came in at 6'2", 212 pounds with an 80-inch wingspan. Uh, of course, he tested as an insane athlete. What about the tape? How did you like his tape? Again, 
another one of these very tall except this guy is very tall and very long-legged uh, but he's got very good definition too he's got good size to him I mean, he's over, he's well over 200 pounds he's got some muscle definition he clearly has some pretty good flexibility uh it allows him to mm-hmm. sit in his stance which i think helps in his pedal a lot uh he's got really great feet for a big corner you don't see larger corners that have the kind of ability to uh quickly fire their feet like like he does uh he's cocky i like him he's you know he's got a good play attitude i think and that's something i didn't really necessarily expect and and again it's a good lesson to don't scout the the back of the jersey i mean his brother and him are very different players very uh, very. despite playing both playing defensive backs um way too many head down tackles though way his tackling form needs work because i'm afraid that he's either going to get a bunch of penalties or he's going to break his own neck at some point when he's trying to tackle somebody he gets a that's his way of trying to tackle aggressive i think is to get his head down and try to drive through uh but that's really the most physical aspect of his game that's and that's another concern i have is that for a guy who's his his size he's not a very physical player Um, he is an incredibly smooth mover for how leggy he is he's got good click and close he really improved in 2020, I thought. A, a progression from his early games I watched. You know, I watched, I think it was, hold on. Yeah, it was, UN, was it UNC? I think it was early on yep. in the season. Yep. Yep. Uh, and his, his off-man technique was just all over the place. Uh, and then later, you know, against, uh, I think the other game I saw was, Li- the later game I saw was Liberty, maybe, was it that mm-hmm. they played? Uh, yeah, he, he really had noticeably improved specifically in, in off-man, which was, I think, you know a problem area coming into the season for him uh he needs to play more at his size or to his size at the line of scrimmage. Yes, yes, that's that's yes. that's a problem because you got a guy who's that size but he's not playing physical at the line of scrimmage the way you want uh and and ultimately my last note is he plays like a smaller cornerback in, in the best and the worst ways you know uh yep. he's, he's he's got the kind of smoothness and, and quick feet that I talked about but again not a physical player considering his size uh, a couple quick notes from uh, Sports Info Solutions he was a top five player in their run defense total points per game so run defense is not an issue for this guy he may not be a it's just a technique that needs to get yeah, better yeah it's, he needs to keep his head up when he's tackling he's not physical player but he's he's not afraid to make tackles he's he's not shying away from the run game which is which is important uh and he was top 10 in in, in uh cornerback in epa per target at negative 0.026 epa per target which is nice pretty good nice. uh where does he win long smart versatile corner uh i think obviously he is again a cover one cover three perfect fit do i think he can exist outside of that i i do simply because he is that kind of athlete uh he's but a fantastic obviously, athlete. Yep. obviously that's cover one cover three is going to be where he'll probably make his money uh and the unanswered question is can he match his physicality with his frame and unlock his potential so he tested as a 96 percentile athlete at his totally. pro day, uh, 41 and a half inch vertical. He ran a 4.4840. My biggest problem, Landon, and actually it showed up in the testing, was the the agility. Right, he had a 30 percentile agility score, yeah, uh, which is bad. And you notice it on tape, whether it's in college or at the senior bowl, any quick move to the inside, and it's a problem. Receivers can create separation. I saw guys that even weren't the best route runners that were a little clunky at the Senior Bowl win on quick slants on him. He just doesn't have that, you know, the the change of direction to close that gap. And 
That's what makes me nervous because I've seen a bunch of these type of corners before in the NFL. I'm thinking of one off the top of my head, Justin Lane uh, yeah. from Michigan State a couple years ago. Very athletic, long, but you could beat him to the inside every single play if you wanted to because he just didn't have that quickness uh, to close. And that's my fear as well. I, I think there's a chance if he's playing in a cover three, maybe that's ex- you know maybe that's covered up a little bit if you have linebackers protecting you there, but. I, I don't know. I I struggle with Belfamu because the, the tools are so good and the tape is pretty good and he's a willing tackler. But is he a high-quality starter in the NFL? I don't know. Yeah, I think what you mentioned, it, it really exposes what a big flaw in his game is, is that if you're not physical at the line of scrimmage and you yes. don't have the agility to, to cut off the inside routes – you're, you have a very sizable hole in your game and you're very susceptible to a very t- certain type of play that can just be run over and over again without a, without a bunch of negatives for the, for the offense. I'm thinking like Terry McLaurin running slants like 100 times against him if they play Washington. And there's nothing I don't think he can do about it unless, unless he gets, unless he starts gets up to physical. the line. Yeah, yeah he's exactly. got to disrupt those routes. He's got to disrupt the timing. Uh, if he can't get across their face, if he can't get... Uh, 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 your hips turned in time to get inside to, to, to deny the football or to at least get a hand in front to lo- to use your length, right? To use the skill right. that you have given, uh, then then you've got a very s- discernible hole. And it, and it doesn't really matter how athletic or how good you may be in other aspects of the game. If you have such a clear, exploitable weakness, uh, until you solve that, it, it, it doesn't... It, the rest of it doesn't really come into play. Hey, I, I mean, you, I you'll just continue to get picked on by smart offensive coordinators who see that there's uh, there's an inability there, and then just keep hitting it over and over again until you make them stop. All right, so let's rank these cornerbacks. For me, it's Newsom, Campbell, Melifonwu, Stokes. Uh, Melif- or excuse me, Newsom is the only guy that I would consider in round one. The other three are second round picks, with Stokes being like a two three. Uh, how do you have these guys ranked? Just, it's just it's so disrespectful. Uh, I have them as uh, Newsom, Stokes, Melifonwu, Campbell. Um, and I think that Stokes, Melifonwu, and Campbell are all second-round players. I, I, I would agree. So we're not too similar. We just have one guy that we really we really disagree on. But just, that's fun. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.